Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Parent Podcast. I am so excited for this episode today because I am bringing on my friend and colleague, Anna Seewald of the Authentic Parenting Podcast. And um, I've been a guest on her podcast so many times. I'm so excited to welcome her onto this podcast. So, um, Anna, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very thrilled to be on your podcast and Congratulations on the podcast, first and foremost. And you were not a guest on my show. You were a co-host. I love doing the episodes with you. Oh, I love them too. You actually were doing podcasts with you and how much fun they were um, and how I, I saw them you were really serving your audience uh, is what made me want to get into this. So thank you so much for giving me that push and all of your support as I've gotten started. Yay, I'm excited. Okay, great. So, um, Anna, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself uh, and kind of the perspective that you're coming from, and then we'll jump into talking about overwhelm. Yes, I am a parent educator based in New Jersey. I have a private practice uh, where I work with parents, and I teach parenting classes, court-ordered parenting classes, co-parenting classes, and I host a podcast, among many other things. Uh, I do public speaking, which is not going to happen for a while, um, and I have this online community that I serve, the authentic parenting co community that is uh, created around the podcast. Great. Thank you. And your podcast is so lovely. It's this great mix of interviews and then you do live on air coaching with people in your community. Um, and I just, I love listening to it and being on it. And I'm so glad that you're here with us and that you can share some of our wisdom. Um, so I have been getting lots of messages uh, from moms all around the world right now who are you know, have been sheltering in place, have been home with their families, um, have been in circumstances that are really stressful. And the thing that they're telling me right now is that they are feeling very overwhelmed. At the initial stages of kind of being at home and the changes, um, they got to this place where they were doing pretty well. And now we're towards the end of it. We're eight to 10 weeks in at the time of this recording, and they are really feeling 
overwhelmed by everything that's going on. They feel like they're being pulled in 15 different directions. Uh, they can't finish a thought because they're getting interrupted. Um, and they feel like they are wearing so many different hats and they're not wearing any of them well, that they're not doing well in any of the roles. Um, they feel stretched thin and overwhelmed. And since this podcast is all about helping parents find balance, I really wanted to talk about that with you today. And I am hoping that you'll have some advice and some wisdom to um, share with us on, on overwhelm. And then I always like to give some really practical pieces, things that they can do today to help make things less overwhelming. So tell me, um, yeah, what, what do you think? I think everybody is parenting in crisis. Uh, I think knowing and understanding and accepting that, that these are not regular times and the uncertainty of this time that we don't know when it's going to end. We've embraced it. Like in the beginning, I remember when the quarantine, the lockdown, this whole pandemic started, people were posting a lot of jokes, comedy, memes, and funny things on social media. And now I'm noticing that's not there anymore. So what does that tell us? It tells us that in the beginning, we were trying to adjust in some way. And we were taking it sort of not so seriously. We knew that it was going to end. But now people are getting getting this... Um, you know, we're getting used to it. We're adapting and we don't see the end. And so there are no jokes anymore. It's the reality and it's the hard reality. It's the parent who is working from home and has to teach their children uh, how to do school online. They have to work hard to prepare meals and do other household chores. Like my oven door yesterday fell apart. It broke. Why? Because I've been using my oven every, <laughs> every single day, right? It, it's, we used to eat out. We used to do things outside. Now everybody is together, cooped up in one place under one roof. And so we're getting on each other's nerves, invading spaces. So people are overwhelmed. I think the first thing is to recognize the reality for what it is. Accept what mm -hmm. it is. Instead of trying to uh, create this illusion that, oh, I'm going to homeschool and this is how it's going to look like. Instead of trying to be the perfect parent and say, oh, this is a great time. Let me do activities with my kids, family time. Have that idea go, you know, push it aside because that's not real. The reality mm. is we're parenting in crisis. And I don't want to alarm people, but the reality is alarming. And so the priority for the parent has to be self-preservation, emphasis on self-care, on self-stress uh, management. And how are we doing that? Because if we are not regulated, if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we're not going to be very well at parenting, very well at being partners. We're going to resort to yelling, screaming, being annoyed or withdraw, right? Or just give up. Mm -hmm. and, and so I see extremes where people are uh, on overdrive, they're trying to do everything, or they're trying to collapse and withdraw and isolate and 
sort of give up on everything and feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's time now to realize let's, this is the reality. This is what it is. We can't change it, but how can we make the best of this time and have more realistic goals and expectations for yourself and for your family? Okay. So I heard you say a couple really important things. One is acceptance. And um, I, I preach acceptance all the time that with resistance, you know, um, to something keeps us stuck in suffering and accepting mm-hmm. it allows us to move forward and make good decisions that are grounded in kind of our true selves. So I love that you're saying acceptance. Absolutely. And uh, I think podcast, my episode number um, six is on that exact topic. So if people want a deeper dive into acceptance and what it can give for you, um, listening to episode six is a good option. Um, But you also talked about self-care and stress management. And I I would love for, I'd love to hear a little bit more from you because I know you have a trauma-informed perspective too. I'd love to know like what that looks like because we're not like, we can't go out and get a massage, you know, like, and I think both of you and I know, like when we talk about self-care, we're not talking about manicures, um, you know, anyway, what are you talking, like, what is stress management? What does that look like in practice for a parent who's been at home for the past eight weeks with their kids and hasn't had a moment alone with themselves for two and a half months. Yes. Well, creating that moment alone would be a high priority, right? How can you do that? I would look at the daily life of of that parent, what it's like for you today. How are they going? Where does your energy, your time, and your attention go? Because that's your inner resource, right? It's your prized possession, your time, your attention, and your energy. What are you doing during the day? How are you spending your time? Um, Maybe take an inventory of that. Mm. because, Because if you're spending a lot of time doing unnecessary things like tidying up all the time, doing the dishes all the time, because we're eating at home more frequently, right? We're home mm-hmm. all the time. So it's going to be more mess, more tidying, more laundry. So managing that process a little bit, instead of cleaning the kitchen like 40 times a day, maybe commit to in the morning and before bed lessen the amount because then you're not wasting your time and your energy and your attention on something that is not that important because once you did the dishes like 30 minutes later, your kitchen sink is flowing with dishes again. So cutting down on unnecessary tasks where your time, attention, and energy goes would be uh, one suggestion, but you have to take inventory first. Uh, take a look at your day. How are you spending your time? Are you on social media? Because most of us now are resorting to social connections, mm-hmm. we're FaceTiming with people. And I'm not saying let's cut that down. However, if you're just scrolling nonsensically, that's draining your energy. That is time that is wasted that you could have spent doing something nourishing for yourself. Uh, So being mindful of that, maybe watch a nourishing video, uh, a funny video. If you're spending time on social media, be mindful how you're spending it. Instead of looking at other people's posts or reading the news, maybe be mindful, maybe say to yourself, I'm going to watch comedy or funny stuff or something that is interesting or educational. 
So that's what I would suggest. The time, attention, and your energy. Where does it go? Take an inventory and be in charge of that. Because then you will have more spaciousness in your day. Then you will have more time for yourself and for your kids. You know, but if you don't know where the leakage is, you can't fix it. It's constantly going to drain um, out of you. That's number one. Stress management is key. And what are antidotes to stress? Is laughter, is dance, is fun. Uh, we have to increase that in our family. Right now, it may seem like things are falling apart. You know, the school, the online school is not going very well. Uh, you know, that kids are running around, that it's hard, I think, for the parent who is working from home. If two parents are working from home and they have young children who are doing school online, I find that that's the hardest uh, family who struggles mm -hmm. the most. Like I have a 12-year-old who is very self-sufficient. In my family, we don't struggle as much as I see my neighbor who has two young children. You know, so knowing that, what can you do? maybe get up early before the family gets up um, and, and listen to positive music. I think the key is for me personally, I get up and I say how I want to feel today. Uh, I don't read the news completely. I am informed. I know what it is, but I don't, you know, engage in the news daily because it's the same news. It's a repeti repetitious cycle and it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, so you're talking about having good boundaries, right? It's setting yes. and having good boundaries to not let things that would suck your energy and mm -hmm. your time out, you know, in. And how do I want to feel? Like I want to listen to a specific playlist on, on my Spotify every morning. I don't listen to podcasts anymore because I don't want to learn something new and overwhelm my brain. Uh, I've been reading some books, but I've been listening to music a lot because it nourishes my soul. It makes me feel a certain way. And so that is very helpful for me. I love this idea of kind of having, so something that I work with some of my clients with Anna is to make kind of a menu of self-care mm -hmm. so that they know kind of what fills them up, what lights them up, what makes mm -hmm. them feel nourished and taken care of. Um, and like, I have them break it down into like, so what can you do in five minutes? What do you need 20 minutes for? What mm -hmm. is a longer session for? And, and write it down because when you get that five minutes, you know, where your kids are magically playing, you know, I have little younger ones than you do when they're magically playing, like you need to know what you're supposed to do. Cause otherwise you're just going to pull out your phone and scroll Facebook or Instagram, you know, you're just going to swipe mm -hmm. through stories. And so if you have that list of kind of what fills you up, what nourishes you and it's ready there and ready to go, like having a Spotify playlist, I know, you know, you have five minutes, I, you can listen to three songs. You can pop them in your earbuds. You won't interrupt your kids. Um, what they're playing. Cause I really do believe in protecting independent play. If your kids get into independent play, you should not interrupt them um, just so they can get longer and longer stretches with play. So you can get a break. Yes. I think the, the first thing uh, I have this uh, five domain framework, I call it the wellness wheel. So it, it's, uh, I won't go into detail, but the first domain uh, in stress management, I strongly believe is the vitality domain, which is your hydration, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, and something for the soul and the mind like meditation or mindfulness. Um, take a 
an inventory of your vitality domain on a scale of one to five, how are you doing in terms of sleeping, getting enough sleep, eating uh, nutritious and healthy food as opposed to eating too many snacks and junk food? And how are you doing in terms of getting some exercise, moving your body or being outside? For many people, it is possible to go outside and spend time in nature. For some people who live in big cities, that's not possible, um, right? So what are you doing in terms of your vitality domain? Because that's foundational. Uh, when we talk about self-care, I strongly believe that if you take care of your vitality domain, then you have a good, solid foundation. Um, sleep Anna, is important. Yes, I just want to make sure, um, and we can cut this out later if you want to, but I want to make sure you tell me where they can learn more about this wellness wheel from you. So make sure you send me a link. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll I'll give you this a graphic and I'll send you, uh, um, there's a presentation, I'll I'll share a link. It's in my Facebook. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. All right. You were saying how important sleep is because yes, I, I so agree. There's so much research on how important sleep is. Yes, I think if you take care of the sleep uh, for your family members and for yourself, things will be a lot better during the day. Children will be better behaved. You will be less irritable, you know, but because we have no structure, our routines are all upside down, it's hard to have this solid structured lifestyle right now. What I'm aiming for is a routine, some kind of a rhythm to your day. It doesn't have to be 9 a.m. we're eating breakfast, 10 a.m. we're doing school, 11 a.m. we're doing whatever. Forget that. That's not going to work. That's going to create more frustration because you cannot control anything right now. So having a rhythm is key. And if you were to look at your day, I guarantee everybody sort of has already fallen into some kind of a rhythm. I, I remember in the beginning, the beginning of the quarantine, my life, my schedule with my family was out of whack for two weeks. But then we sort of got into some kind of a routine on our own. And now we're following that rhythm, that routine that we sort of created, fell into it. But if you have young children, you have to be a little bit of in the driver's seat and mindful in creating and maintaining it because young children are not going to on their own create and maintain a rhythm, right? If you have teenagers, they may have already created that for themselves, older children. Uh, So sleep is key. Aim to get enough sleep and aim to put children to into to bed around the same time so that they will have, uh, I call this anchoring routines. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to manage every single activity during the day, but if you have anchoring routines like sleep time, wake time, then a lot of the things will fall into place. Eating, you know, how are you eating right now? Because if you are eating junky food and not taking care of yourself, you're not going to feel well. Um, Being outside, I already emphasized drinking enough water instead of caffeine or wine. A lot of people are drinking a lot of alcohol. That is not helpful, right? It's going not to have a good impact on your physical body. Uh, And so you're going to create physiological stress. We need to be mindful of that. 
uh, mindfulness meditation, if you don't have time for that, for example, I incorporate stretching while I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. In my kitchen, I'm doing some exercises, uh, stretching, breathing exercises while I'm opening the oven or taking care of, you know, I'm cooking rice. I'm doing some stuff to help my body in the moment because I don't have extra time during the day. I've been also uh, paying attention to my body throughout the day. Uh, this is also a vital thing because when we are stressed, we're not breathing well. We're mm -hmm. breathing shallow. We're breathing, uh, you know, not taking deep breaths and we're tense. Our muscles are tense. So throughout the day, I make myself slow down intentionally. I plant my feet on the ground and feel my body. And I try to relax my shoulders, make my belly soft and breathe deeply and loosen the muscles on my face and my jaw and my forehead, maybe for a minute when I'm doing laundry and I'm feeling like I'm rushing and there's other things to do, I intentionally do that. And it grounds me. It gives me a little bit of space during the day to pause and take a deep breath. Yeah, that pauses and that checking in is so important. And if that's new to you and if it's something that you're not used to kind of just coming into the present moment, dropping into it for just a moment and engaging in that, you can always use alarms and timers too. So you can get a timer that runs in the background on your phone and it just dings every like two hours. And it when it dings, you that can condition you can condition yourself to take that breath and take stock and take mm -hmm. and slow or you down. can or you can put stickers, any kind of sticker, as a reminder, like on your computer when you're starting work, uh, or in your kitchen, on the microwave, uh, everywhere, wherever you do a lot of daily things, as a reminder, take a break to pause, to breathe, to do something for yourself, uh, to do some self-compassion, put your hand on your heart, and, and or hug yourself in that moment when you see that sticker around your house, mm -hmm. right? It could be like a red sticker everywhere, or it could be something that reminds you that you need to take a break. Okay. And so, and then what about for the mom who is so overwhelmed, has so much on her plate, um, so many roles, and her response is that kind of withdrawing, that like just to just shut down, like I can't do anything right. I can't get it all done. So I'm just not going to do anything. And I'm just going to lay on the couch. <laughs> what about that mom? Because I've, I've totally been there. What would you say to me? That mom is completely burnt out, is completely overwhelmed. And doing those small things will not help. Like you need to reset and recharge completely. For that mom, taking that long nap will be helpful doing a bunch of other things that will recharge that mom. And sometimes you have to hit that breaking point and then um, figure out how you can restructure everything. Uh, if you are living with someone, uh, with a husband or a partner, um, or sometimes people quarantine with friends, and if your children are able, I think engaging, enlisting their help is key. You can't do this alone. Uh, if your husband is working from home, does, that doesn't mean that you cannot disturb him, that his work is very important and you do everything else. No, he, he can still be helpful. And the suggestion would be to be very specific in what kind of help you need from that person, right? If it's walking the dog, 
you know, doing the dishes or taking care of one load of laundry, then be specific. You can't say, I'm overwhelmed. I do everything. You never help. That's not going to help. Complaining, whining, collapsing, uh, nagging will not get you the help that you need. Being clear on what is it that you need, what kind of help will be helpful to you and being direct and non-judgmental will get you there because your family members will chip in and be helpful if you invited them to the table and said, listen, these are overwhelming times and I myself cannot take care of everything. I really would appreciate if you could be more participating and helpful. And here is what I would love from you. Here is what I would love from you. And, and let the people be responsible and don't go and micromanage. They're not going to do 100% according to your standards, but they are lessening the load for you. So be okay with that. that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, early in my marriage with my husband, oh, he would do things in the wrong way because I did them the right way. And I think that was one of my biggest lessons in learning to live with someone was that if I was not going to do, if I'm not going to do it all myself, then I'm, it's not going to be done my way. And just because it's not done my way doesn't mean that there's not multiple right ways to do it, you know? And you have to like, you have to get over those things, you know? Yes, absolutely. Encouraging independent study, independent play, independent chilling out, independent anything for any age group is key, I think. And I was jokingly referring to this remote parenting, you know? (laughs) We are home, but we are remote parenting. Don't be hard on yourself. How you parent now is not an indication of how you parent in general. These are crises. We're parenting in a pandemic. Don't be judgmental and say, oh my gosh, all the wonderful things I've learned about attachment parenting or about peaceful parenting. I'm not doing that and be hard on yourself even harder than before. Know that these are hard times and be easy on yourself. Sometimes you just need to let go of the things that you had put in place, like screen time limits, mm-hmm. like different things that you had. It's okay. Let that go. Um, people are complaining a lot about uh, screen times now. I know everybody's screen time usage is high, but again, you can manage that too. You can't just mm-hmm. say, okay, everybody's on their screens you know, you have to be reasonable again, you know? I think, yeah, I think, Anna, you're so right. I think it's so important to take a look at what the screens, like the purpose that they're serving mm-hmm. in this time that when we're using them. Uh, if, you know, if they are letting you take a nap, if they're letting, like, if you are, you, you turn a show on for your kids and you get to do yoga by yourself or mm-hmm. you get to snuggle with your partner, um, in, and kind of hold hands and have nice eye gaze, which is really good for our neurobiology. Like it's so good for us. Mm-hmm. Like if, if the, that 30 minutes where they're watching Daniel Tiger or they're watching some kind of programming or playing some game, like there's lots of great entertaining games that are educational, like kids over, you know, so kids over three can learn from passive screen watching. There's lots of great benefits to screens. Anyway, they are not the devil. We should not demonize them. They have a role in our society. Um, And I mean, the real problem is, is is their balance. 
but balance for you too. And so if you're using a, you know, a 30 minute show every day or you know, twice a day, it lets you get that rest, that time that you need, or that time to clean the kitchen, which you need to feel good. Cause I know some folks look at a messy kitchen and feel intense anxiety and won't feel released mm-hmm. until it's clean mm-hmm. and take that 30 minutes and clean the kitchen with no guilt. Let it go. Yes, I, I completely agree. I, I, I do that too. And uh, when parents, I think some people, when the stress and overwhelm is too much in their life, they tend to start controlling every little aspect of their life because that's an indication that you're mm-hmm. highly stressed. So recognize your own stress signs. When are you hitting that threshold when you are overly stressed? I mean, we're all stressed right now, but sometimes it becomes even unbearable, right? So when you start to control other people's eating habits, sitting habits, screen time too much, then you are overwhelmed. I think that's a sign for you to take a break instead of controlling everyone else in your household. You need to de-stress take care of your emotions, you know, when, when we are too busy controlling every little aspect of our day, we're not paying attention to how we are actually feeling. And so creating a five minute check-in with yourself ritual every day, how am I feeling right now? What kind of emotions am I feeling? How am I feeling in my body? Tension, uh, you know, tingling sensations in my body, anxiety, and just observe and be with those feelings and see how how everything shifts in your body. I think having those release moments throughout the day, instead of trying to figure out, oh, I don't have me time anymore. I don't have self-care time. I'm not getting you know, my regular haircut time, or uh, I'm not getting coffee, I'm not doing regular things, I might as well give up everything. Uh, All or nothing mentality is Mm -hmm. not good. This is the life, this is the reality, you know, what can you do throughout the day, five minute, two minute, one minute, little things to get you through, through the day? something in the morning, something one hour later, something, you know, before lunch, after lunch, it don't look for a big pocket of time. It has to be throughout the day that you create self-care, stress management, little tools for yourself. And it's different for everybody. Like I mentioned in the morning, I listen to uh, my favorite playlist that puts me in a very good positive mode. Then I work, then I go for a walk with a friend, right? And I chit chat with my friend. Then I have lunch and after lunch I'm working. But then when I'm cooking, I'm stretching. I'm plugging into those uh, breathing and stretching movements throughout the day. Then when I'm doing laundry, I'm listening to three songs on my Spotify. I call it the three song routine. I do a task in three songs duration. And when the three songs are over, I finish my laundry. I'm no longer am doing that task anymore. I move on to something else. You give yourself a time limit, like a firm yes. boundary. I'm going yes. to do this for this amount of time and then I'm mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I call it the three songs. So it, whatever three songs I want to listen in that moment, I have different playlists for different things. That's what I do. And I also take care of my sleep. I go to bed around nine 9.30 every day and I get up early so that I can have some quiet time to myself. So these are the things that I do for myself and everybody's different, right? And they have to 
create for themselves, what works for them. You know, I think what you're saying is so important. So I, I think what I'm hearing you say is that for the, the mom who's so overwhelmed, who's so burned out, there has to be some big reset, some big shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think though, like, it's important to know, like, this is a cycle. This, if you, you get you know, we get caught in a cycle where we, then we have the big reset and then things are going good. And then we, we don't change anything in our day to day life and we get burnt out again. So yes, do the reset. Yes. Get your partner involved and partners. I know I have quite a few people who tell me that they listen to this podcast with their partner, that they listen to it as kind of a, a date thing um, that they do together. And so like have each other's back in this. You, this is something that my husband and I sit down once a week on like usually on Sunday evenings after the kids are in bed and we say, okay, so what do you need this week? You know, let's take a look at our schedules. When are you going to take care of you? Like my, for my husband, it's golfing. He, and he, he was struggling, you know, he struggles in the winter anyway, but, but you know, golf courses were closed, but they're open here in Wisconsin now. And he is so much happier, such a better husband, such a better dad when he is able to get out and golf. So we look at our schedule and we make sure, like, when is that going to happen? And then we look at our schedule and he says to me, okay, and so when are we going to make sure you get your walks and you get your yoga? Because I want to make sure that that happens for you. And it's, he, we have to be responsible for ourselves, but it's so nice to do that as an act of love for the people that we're parenting with too, to really say like, you matter to me and I see all you do. And I see that when you are taking care of yourself, you are so, you know, you're more lit up, you're more vibrant, you're, you're more you. And, and I think protecting that and giving that to our partners as a gift is so important. And I think we can involve our kids in that process too. So I I think, creating a rhythm or a kind of a flow to your day that you don't have to recover from, you know, I, I, I think is so important that you don't get burnt out on. So I have those things built into my day with my young kids every day from 12 to 1:30 or two, they play independently in their rooms by themselves. Well, I, take a nap. I read a book for fun. Sometimes I do try to do a little bit of work during that time, but most of the time I'm resting or doing yoga or, you know, just relaxing while they are on their own. And it's something that we've been doing with them since they dropped their naps. Uh, Mm -hmm. We call it family, like it's rest time. It's family rest time. On the weekends, my husband and I lay down together, you know, while the kids are in their rooms. Um, We hold that boundary really firmly in our family because I need it. I I need it in order to be a well-balanced mom, a mom who is able to be peaceful and positive. I need that time alone. I need that time without kids talking to me, you know, without having to you know, engage, like we don't even let them play together during that time. Cause I don't want to have to help them, you know, with a sip, like a sibling squabble. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm off duty <laughs> during that time. You have to be creative like that because you don't have grandmas or other resources that you can rely upon. Right. Um, one thing I would suggest is now let's say you, you know, a parent uh, has, let me paraphrase this. You can use FaceTime to ask a relative or a friend to babysit your children, to play with your children. You can use screen time creatively. Uh, You can have someone play games with your children, like, um, what's that game called? Hold on. Mm. 
Pictionary? Uh, charades? Charades. You can play charades or Pictionary or, or different other games that are not, um, you know, that don't involve other things, but they can play together. So be creative. Think outside the box. Who can you ask for some help, right? Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe your best friend's children are older children. Uh, there are also people who are doing this for uh, hire right now. Online babysitting is, is a new thing. It's a thing? Oh my gosh, really? It's, it's, it's a thing, yes. Oh wow, I had no and, idea. <laughs> because people are desperate. People are yeah. desperate. People are tired of their own children. And don't be ashamed if you are, if you're tired of your own family, if you had enough, it's all right. That's a normal feeling. I want to say that, that a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed because they see their kids. My neighbor told me, I'm a full-time mom and I don't want to be one. I loved when my daughter was in daycare. Yeah. Because, because she was not used to having her daughter full-time with her husband at home. Humans aren't supposed to raise their children in isolation like this. This is something that in all of human history, we've never been asked to do before. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be raising our kids in, in community. That's why our children have this robust, resilient attachment system built into their biology that allows them to form attachment with multiple caregivers. They, Absolutely. I mean, they're children are supposed to have three to four significant attachment figures in their lives. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not supposed to be just on us. And this is not, I, I think that this is an important message for parents to have, even when we're not in a pandemic. I think it's so, I mean, this is the reason why women's cycles sync up because we're supposed to have kids together so we can take care of them together. It's, it's a, bio, a human biological imperative that we don't do this alone. Yes, but unfortunately, we're forced to we be We are, alone. I know, and it's uh, so hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that's why we have to think a little bit outside the box, be a little creative and resourceful um, and easy on ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and I know a lot of people feel guilty for not performing and doing their best and feeling guilty for allowing their children to eat too many of the same foods uh, or play on screen time a lot. Just take a look at your feelings. You know, those feelings were always there. You, you spoke about being trauma informed. Unworthiness can show up, mm. right? If you feel unworthy, undeserving, uh, unlovable, now you may feel you know, you want to do certain things to your children to boost your sense of worth, uh, to perform, to try to organize everything and everyone's schedule and try to overperform so that that will give you that sense of, I am somebody, I am important. But maybe this is the time to take a look at your uh, shame story, unworthiness, uh, and, and be with that, share with someone, uh, find a partner, a listening partner, a trusted friend, or a counselor, or a therapist, or a coach, or someone like us who works with parents. And we offer a lot of uh, free support. Like I offer free support calls for my community every week because I know some people cannot afford help. So there is help available uh, for parents. Have someone sit down with you distantly and listen to you what's coming up for you right now because those issues were part of your story were part of your life but now they may be exacerbated they may be in the forefront 
and what are the unhealthy patterns that you have uh, that you're trying to mask those those traumas you know uh, I think that's important work um, the high expectations the control patterns um, the constant performing and trying to do everything perfectly these are all signs of unworthiness feeling empty inside feeling not enough you know from externally we're trying to boost that sense of worthiness but i think maybe this is the time you know to take a look at the real issue and find help with that i absolutely so much agree and i think when we find ourselves caught in unworthiness or what it should look like or trying to make our lives match kind of what we pictured they would be, I think it's really important to take some time and come back to what is real and what you really want. Like what, so at the beginning of this, I, I sat down with myself <laughs> and journaled about what I wanted my kids to come away from this time knowing knowing about their family, knowing about themselves, knowing about their community, um, and have worked and have had to work to bring, like call myself back to that intention over and over again. My older child um, is not doing well with distance learning. She, she is a very self-motivated learner. She, I mean, she will write a 10 page story with no, like with she's only seven, you know, with no direction, just completely self-motivated if it's on a topic that she's interested in and wants to write about. But as soon as her teacher gives her a writing prompt, it's a huge battle. And so when that battle presents itself, I call myself back to my intention. I am not, I, in this time, I did not want her to come out of, you know, learning here at home with me, remembering battles over it and remembering her mom forcing her to do work that she didn't find intriguing. Um, you know, I don't want her to have memories of tears over those things. Um, and it's hard. It's hard not to get caught up in those, in those pieces of things. You know, it, I mean, your teachers have expectations. I'm like a perfectionist and a, perf- a teacher pleaser. Like that's, I mean, <laughs> I have my PhD, you know, like that's, it's, it's a, it's hard to not get caught up in those things. You have to have firm boundaries with yourself and really stay connected to your core values and your intentions. And if you haven't taken the time to do that, then this is going to be even more stressful and even harder. Um, and then this is a good opportunity to do that, to, to sit down with yourself and look, look at, I love how you said that, look at your shame story and actually work towards healing that right now because we're being called to do that every day, um, maybe now even more than ever. Yes, prioritizing things is, is, uh, is of high priority, like taking an inventory of your life, of your story, of your feelings, of everything that we talked about and saying, what's of high priority right now for me? And when you identify what that is, am I spending my time, attention, my energy, my resources towards that priority? If the answer is no, then you're wasting your time, your energy, and your internal resources on unnecessary, unessential things. Mm-hmm. My friend, for example, uh, her daughter was doing online, online ballet wasn't going very well. There were fights about it. The child doesn't want to participate. It's ridiculous, right? So she stopped doing them and the child feels a lot happier. 
the mom feels a lot happier. One less pressure, right? So you have to evaluate what's working, what's not working, what's serving, what's not serving. And what a beautiful lesson model for your kids. I, you know, I grew up in a home where quitting wasn't allowed, you know, it was frowned upon, you know, at, at a certain, at certain times, um, by certain people in my home, my, my mom was really good at like helping me evaluate. Is it serving you? Is it what you want? Is it, is it lighting you up? And if it's not, don't do it anymore. Don't waste time. Don't waste your precious life. And like, what a beautiful thing to model for our kids. I think so oftentimes parents are caught up in fear. Like if I let my kids quit, then they'll be quitters. They'll, they'll learn it's okay to quit. And if something's not serving you, why isn't it okay to quit? Get, get that out of your life. Don't waste your time and your precious life on those things. That's I mean, what a powerful thing for a kid to learn, you know? I absolutely agree. I teach that lesson to my daughter all the time um, by doing simple things. If I started a book and I'm not enjoying it, I don't want to continue this book just because I started it. If I'm listening to a podcast and I don't like it, I delete and I never come back to that episode. If I'm starting a movie and it's not making me happy or it's not giving me whatever I wanted to, I stop. I'm not a quitter. I stick with things that are important to me mm -hmm. and I direct my resources towards that. Um, yes, I agree with that mentality. Another thing I want to highlight is having conversations with your children, maybe around dinner time or around quiet time or around bedtime about what are you missing now? Uh, from time to time, because that changes from day to day, from week to week during this quarantine time. Uh, and being honest with yourself too, what you are missing. Like my friend, mm. yesterday we were talking about this. I said, so what are you missing? She said, honestly, don't consider me a vain person, but I miss getting dressed in high heels and nice clothing and going to my office to work. I miss that. Mm. You know, yeah, of course. That's not vain. It's and <laughs> to put yourself together. And she said, "Anna, your birthday is coming up. You know, we're gonna do a quarantine birthday." She said, "Can we just dress up that day and just give ourselves like a nice party? You know, we're gonna social distance and all, but we're gonna have an outdoor party." I said, of course, let's, let's just have a party and let's all dress up. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good. Oh, I think, okay. So this was really helpful. I want to recap just quickly for mm -hmm. our listeners. So taking inventory, taking stock of where your time and your attention and energy are going, um, figuring out what's draining you and what you're not getting enough of. Um, calling in your intentions, setting an intention, and reminding yourself what those are, um, making sure building in time for rest and respite into your daily schedule, asking directly and specifically for how, how and where you need support from your family, um, and um, what's the one other thing? I feel like I'm missing something. I think that's predominantly. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Those are the pretty good ones. And, and one thing I will add is make a list of your current stressors. Take a look at that list and say, what can I reduce uh, from that list of stressors? What can I eliminate completely? Those unnecessary pesky things that don't serve you, or maybe you have to block someone on social media. I've done that during quarantine. I blocked someone uh, <laughs> on social media and everywhere else. 
because I don't want to waste my time, my energy on something that doesn't serve me. My friend got off Facebook for three weeks because she got into a political argument in the midst of her PhD studies and she was failing her exams. So, you know, she had to do that. So what's serving you? What's not serving you? Take a list of your, identify your stressors, eliminate what you can, reduce what you can, and learn to manage your stressors on a daily basis, the way we talked about during the day, plug in little That was the last one, yeah. Little tools, checking in and, and learn to manage. That to me is the four step stress management on a radical level. I love it. Great. Okay. So Anna, tell us where can, where can our listeners find you? Where can they get, find out about um, all of the things that you offer and your um, wellness wheel? I'm sure that they want to follow up with you and learn more. Okay. The wellness wheel, I will share a link to a a webinar, a presentation that I did. It's it's free. People can just listen to it. I talk about radical self-care in there and I go over the wellness wheel and talk about the five domains of self-care that I'll give you a link to that. Great. My website is authenticparenting.com and everything is there. Um, the podcast is Authentic Parenting. You can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. Um, the only social media platform that I use and enjoy where you can see a little bit of my personal life, where I do book giveaways and parenting inspirational content is Instagram. My handle is authentic.parenting.podcast. Um, and that's about it. I have a course actually that would be very handy right now for people. It's called How to Stop Yelling. It's a self-study course. Uh, it's an introductory course, but it has a lot of um, great info, you know, uh, um, video presentations, some audio and some PDFs. It's not overwhelming at all, but it will help people with find, be, becoming more patient and managing their stress better, dealing with their anger and rage and yelling less at their children. Uh, completely, you know, neuroscience based, not like, okay, I'm committing to stopping yelling and it's not working way. You know, it's right. more, more this about deeper. Will, right. Yeah. This isn't about willpower. If we had the willpower, we would just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so they can find that on your website, right? That's correct. Perfect. Okay, great. Well, Anna, thank you so much for being here with me. And um, I hope that we'll hear from you again soon. Thank you for having me. It was great to be a guest on your show. Okay. Wasn't that amazing? I love hearing from Anna. She always has such practical things that you can do right away. And so if you're looking for the next steps after listening to this, I want you to go to my website, laurafroyan.com slash podcast and click on this week's episode. And there you're going to find two great resources. One is my three R's workbook. So the three R's workbook helps you develop rhythms, routines, and rituals that will serve your family and help you get into a flow that feels good and manageable. We're not talking about rigid schedules. We're talking about feeling grounded, connected, balanced, and centered in your day-to-day life. That's what this workbook will give you. So you can go to my website and get that in the show notes for this episode episode. And then you can also download this week's Balanced Bite. 
Uh, the Balance Bite is a little free resource that I make for you each and every week, um, and it basically just has kind of the next steps from the episode, your take home points, your take action points. Uh, and I outline clearly like what you can do right now uh, in this moment to put these pieces of information into practice in your home and in your family so that you can feel more balanced and centered uh, and less overwhelmed in your family and in your daily life. So go to my website, check that out, grab the balanced bite for this week, grab the workbook and let me know how it's going. When you're filling out your workbook, tag me on a, you know, snap a quick picture and tag me on Instagram. I want to see it. I want to see your flow. I want to see your rhythm. I want to hear from you on how putting these things into practice is helping you, um, how it's serving you. And I also want to hear from you on like what you've let go, what you are taking out this week that you, after you do your inventory and you've taken stock of what, um, what's serving you and what's not serving you. And you've started removing things. Let me know. Um, you can send me an email you can send me a message. Uh, you can say, tag me in your stories on Instagram, whichever, you know, whatever way is best for you. I want to hear from you. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of, um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.